Well, turn in your Bible this morning. Let's go to 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2. I tell you what, a lot of people, they have to have their fix. Well, I have to have my word fix. And uh, the word of God is awesome. Let's pray. Father, as we approach your word, we thank you today that, Lord, your word brings life to us. Lord, and it brings sustenance. It brings health and healing to our bodies. And so, Father, as we receive your word, we thank you for it. That We thank you that every mind is alert, every heart is ready to receive. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. I just want to encourage you to, to always stay focused on the word. I don't care if a herd of elephants comes running through here. Stay focused on God's word. First Peter chapter 2. And let's read in verse 6. First Peter 2 and verse 6. Wherefore also it is contained in the scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone. How many know that's Jesus? Elect and precious, and he that believeth on him shall not be confounded. Unto you, therefore, which believe he is precious, but unto them which be disobedient, the stone which the builders disallowed, the same as made the head of the corner. And a stone of stumbling, and a rock of offense, even to them which stumble at the word, being disobedient, whereunto also they were appointed. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. Say, that's me. A holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. You know, people come to a church like ours and they say, why, you know, boy, they, they, they sing a lot. Or they, they're, they're loud when they sing. Why, why would you sing out loud? Why? This verse right here, that you should show forth the praises of him who's called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, which in time past were not a people, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. I want to tell you today that you are a chosen people. You are a chosen people. Say, I am chosen. chosen. Hallelujah. I'm chosen of God today. I'm his prized possession. You know, a lot of times people come to church and they just hear that you filthy sinner, you need to get saved. You're rotten and and people hear it and they say, yeah, you're sad but true. And they just, then they go on and they feel bad, but then they go out and do the same thing. Because there's no life, there's no victory. Amen. But you're chosen today. So I want to preach simply today about you are chosen of God. Chosen of God. (laughs) Exciting. Notice he says here, you're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people that you should show forth the praises of him who called you out of darkness. The Bible says we were once under the influence of the evil one. But now we've been translated out of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. That you should 
show forth his praises. Look in verse 10, which in times past, you were not a people. So there was one time that I was not the people of God. I was not part of the, the kingdom of God. But he says, now you are the people of God, which had not obtained mercy. There was a time when I had not. Now, God is merciful, but when you receive Jesus, you receive abundance of mercy in your life. You receive overflowing mercy. Hallelujah. So I want to say this. God has handpicked you today. A lot of times people feel insignificant in life. You know, no one cares for me. No one knows the trouble I've seen. But God has handpicked every person in the world. How many remember the Apostle John? What was his claim to fame? I'm the disciple whom the Lord loves. I'm the disciple whom the Lord loves. And you know, you can have that same designation in life. You can have that same claim to fame. I'm the disciple whom the Lord loves. I mean, you may even get to the point where you say, you know what? I think I'm God's favorite. I know God doesn't play favorites, but I think I am his favorite today. Amen. Why? Because that, that means so much to you. That was like, it's like Isaiah said, I'm a voice crying in the wilderness. Jesus said that, and John the Baptist came, I'm a voice crying in the wilderness. John said, I'm the disciple whom the Lord loves. Why? Because he knew the favor of God. He knew that God loved him. And that meant more to him than anything else. What was he saying? I'm chosen of God. I'm chosen of God. <laughs> Deuteronomy chapter 10. This is not the time to be quiet. Deuteronomy 10. Thank you, Lord. You know, there's a lot of people in churches today, they're trying to pay for their sins and do penance. But I did repentance, and now I can receive from God. God's not looking for you just to feel bad about, you know, yeah, you should have remorse, but there comes a time when you repent and you receive your forgiveness. And then you walk with your head high. You walk with your, your chin up. I mean, that's one thing. I know the military... You can't keep your head down. You can't lift your chin. And, and they'll tell you probably in no uncertain term that you, that you do that. Why? Because you can't go forward looking down. You can't go forward looking backwards. Deuteronomy 10, verse 12. And now, Israel, what doth the Lord your God require of you but to fear the Lord your God, to walk in his ways, and to love him, and to serve the Lord your God with all thy heart? And with all thy soul. How I many you know that's, that's a, a full-time job and that's every part of your being? Amen. To keep the commandments of the Lord and his statutes, which I command you this day for thy good. Behold, the heaven and the heaven of heavens is the Lord's. Thy God, the earth also with all that therein is. Only the Lord had a delight in your fathers to love them, and he chose their seed after them, even you above all people as it is this day. So notice the Bible says that the Lord chose their seed after them. You know, God chooses people. He chooses people that they would love him, that they would know him for salvation. He's also chosen us. Now, thank God that's the beginning. 
But God chooses us for a specific task that he wants us to accomplish. What have you been placed on the earth for? That's something that you need to find out. You need to pray and say, Lord, that's one of the most important things we know. What am I on the earth to do? What am I here for to accomplish? Hallelujah. A specific task. See, people may not understand you, but you're chosen. That's okay. You're chosen. People may think you're strange, but you're chosen. The Bible says we're peculiar. Not weird, but peculiar. I'm peculiar. Say not weird, but peculiar. (laughs) I want you to turn over to Matthew chapter 20 and verse 16. The Lord says that we are chosen people. If God chooses me, it doesn't matter what man says. If God loves me and he, he calls me, then I don't need the approval of the denomination. If God chooses me, I don't need the approval from headquarters. If God chooses me, I just need to know that he, he's got my back. Hallelujah. Matthew 20 and, and let me say this, well, if, if people's ears are in, and their heads spinning right now, the, the gears are turning. As ministers, we are submitted people. So <laughs> we have a board and we have people that they are on our board who have been in ministry for 30, 40 years. So we, we are submitted people. But what I'm, what I'm saying is you in your individual life. Are you going to base everything upon what other people say? Or are you going to know that, hey, God said I'm the beloved. I'm the apple of his eye and that he cares for me. If God be for me, who can be against me? Look in Matthew chapter 20 in verse 16. As you read up to this, the Bible, Jesus is is given this, this story about the kingdom of heaven and how that Different ones came at the first hour of the day. Others were hired all the way to the last hour. And then what did they do? They, he gave them the same wage for all. And then the, the one said, hey, you're going to give them that? He said, you know, am I evil because I give them that? I told you, you know, and you, you agreed to that amount of money. You agreed to a penny at the beginning of the day. Look in verse 15, he says, Matthew 20, 15, is, not, is it not lawful for me to do what I will with my own? Is thine eye evil because I am good? So the last shall be first and the first last. Look at this last phrase. For many be called, but few chosen. Many be called, but few chosen. Look over in uh, Matthew 22. We see the same thing. Matthew 22. And Jesus is talking about a wedding and and those that have been invited to the wedding. And that some came and some didn't. And the Bible says, uh, verse 11, And when the king came in to see the guests, he saw there a man which had not on a wedding garment. And he saith unto him, Friend, how camest thou in hither not having a wedding garment? And he was speechless. Then said the king to the servants, Bind him hand and foot and take him away and cast him into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. 
You might read that and say, well, I thought you said that God chooses everybody. The Bible says that many are called, but few are chosen. Why is it that the, there are few that are chosen out of the many? Because few choose to obey the call. Few choose to respond. Here's the good news. If you show up, you're chosen. If you show up, you're chosen. We see this whole parable, and, and, and Jesus says that, that these were invited. We see this all throughout Scripture, that certain ones were invited, but they just sloughed it off and said, no, you know, I got something else. I can't come to, the, to that because I got married. I can't do that because I just brought some, bought some more oxen. I can't do that because whatever. He said, well, go out in the highways and the byways and invite it so my, my supper can be... Uh, filled up. Many are called, but few are chosen. Few obey the call. The Bible says over in 1 Corinthians 4 that it's required in stewards that a man be found faithful. You say, well, we don't have stewards. Well, just even say this, employees, employers. It's required in a man that he be found faithful. So you have to answer the call. You must answer the call of God. To be chosen, you must decide to choose to follow him all the way. And let me say this. This is so important. Just because he chooses something for you, it doesn't mean you're going to enjoy it. Even in the natural, you know, just say your parents as you were growing up, they could choose something good for you, but that doesn't mean you're going to Enjoy the blessings. Why? How many know there's a, if you do this, if you obey, if you be willing and obedient, if you clean your room, if you do this, then this will happen. If not, then it won't happen. Well, you know, God's as smart as the parents are and even smarter. He's the best parent. And so just because he chooses something for you doesn't mean you're going to enjoy it. Think about the most important thing in life, salvation, being born again. Has God chosen every person to be saved? He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Is every person saved? Is every person going to be saved? No. Why? Because people have a free will. Take the same logic. Is everyone healed? Is it because it's the will of God that they not be healed? Is it the will of God that, that some just be broke and, 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 and um, suffering through life? No. For whatever reason, that person didn't receive, but it never changes the will of God. Amen. So I want to look at our choice. So we're talking about being chosen of God. Who's still excited about being chosen? <laughs> so if you're chosen of God, but there's some things you have to do to be part of the chosen. Look at Deuteronomy chapter 30. Deuteronomy 30. You know, the Bible says, marvel not if the world hates you. If it hated me, then they're going to hate you as well. Why? Because we're, we're a new creation. We're a new species that never before existed. 
The Bible calls us new creations in Christ. So if they, if they think you're a little peculiar, it's because you are. Amen, but that's nothing. You, you rejoice. Hallelujah. I'm glad I'm not of this world. They're like from another planet. We are. Heaven is our home. The Bible calls us pilgrims passing through. <laughs> Amen. Look at um, Deuteronomy 30, verse 15. The Bible says, See, I have set before you this day life and good and death and evil, in that I command you this day to love the Lord your God, to walk in his ways and to keep his commandments and his statutes and his judgments, that you may live and multiply. And the Lord your God shall bless you in the land whither you go to possess it. But if your heart turn away so that you will not hear, but shall be drawn away and worship other gods and serve them, I denounce unto you this day that you shall surely perish. Now, was it, was it because it was just the will of God for them to perish? No, it was because of their choice. He says, I denounce you, you shall surely perish, and you shall not prolong your days upon the land, whither you go over Jordan to go to possess it. I call heaven and earth to record this day against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing, and he, he gives us the answer. Therefore, choose life <laughs> that you and your seed may live, that you may love the Lord your God, and you may obey his voice, and you may cleave unto him, for he is your life and the length of your days, that you may dwell in the land which the Lord swear unto your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give them. So what's he saying? I'm setting, an exa- I'm setting something before you, a choice, life and death, Therefore, choose life. But it's still our choice. We still have to choose life. The Bible records over in Joshua chapter 24. We see that Joshua goes in to possess the land after Moses. Moses said, you know, I'm not going in to possess it. But you're going to go in, Joshua. Amen. You know, you, you may feel, maybe you feel like Joshua. Maybe you feel like, you you know, I, I don't come from the best family. The Bible says that Joshua was the, the son of none. So, he, hey, he didn't have any family. He was the son of none. <clears throat> You'll get that later. You may, be, you may feel like that. But look what Joshua said in Joshua 24, verse 13. And I have given you a land for which you did not labor, in cities which you built not, and you dwell in them. Of the vineyards and olive yards which you planted not, do you eat? Now, therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in truth. And put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt and serve the Lord. And if it seem evil to you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites, in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. What's he saying? You can choose this day what you're going to do, but I'm choosing today, I'm going to serve God. I'm going to serve God. I don't care if the, my family likes it. I don't care if my boss likes it. I'm going to serve God. And so he says... 
for me, and as for me and my house, we are going to serve the Lord. Over in uh, verse 22, he says, Joshua said unto the people, you are witnesses against yourselves that you have chosen the Lord to serve him. And they said, we are witnesses. Now therefore put away, said, said he, the strange gods which are among you, and incline your heart unto the Lord God of Israel. And the people said unto Joshua, the Lord our God will we serve, and his voice will we obey. So what they do? They chose God and his plan for their lives. Over in the book of 1 Kings, close to where we were just a few moments ago when we talked about Elijah, the Bible says over in 1 Kings chapter 18, now this is the, the showdown with the prophets of Baal. Notice what verse 18 says, and he answered, I have not troubled Israel. Now this is Ahab, the king talking. But you, um, well, he's talking to Ahab, the king. He says, I have not troubled Israel, but you and your father's house, in that you have forsaken the commandments of the Lord, and you have followed Balaam. Now therefore sin and gather to me all Israel unto Mount Carmel, and the prophets of Baal 450, and the prophets of the groves 400, which eat at Jezebel's table. So Ahab sent unto all the children of Israel and gathered the prophets together into Mount Carmel. And Elijah came unto all the people and said, How long will you halt between two opinions? You know, we had to ask ourselves that many times in life. How long are we going to vacillate between two opinions? If God's God, serve him. <laughs> he says, How long a Halt ye between two opinions. If the Lord be God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. And the people answered him not a word. It's like most, most churches today. So what did he say? You have a choice in the matter. Choose whom you're going to serve today. If God's God, then serve him. If Baal's God, then you serve him. Make a choice. So we see that God chooses people in life. God chooses people to fulfill his plan. God has chosen people all through the Bible, but like the children of Israel, they don't enter in because of unbelief. So unbelief can keep you out. God has a plan for every individual, but you still have to follow him. You still have to obey him. The book of Isaiah 1 verse 19 says this, if you be willing and obedient, you'll barely get by. You'll suffer for Jesus' sake. What's it say? You shall eat the good of the land. If you be willing and obedient. Say this, I'm going to be willing. And I'm going to be obedient. Notice both of those are important because it's not just important that God wants you to, to obey him, but you have a bad attitude. And you're, you're, as we say, you're dragging your feet. I'm sure, John, you couldn't drag your feet. You'd be running two more miles. <laughs> <clears throat> now, 
Neither are we supposed to just be willing but not obey. Well, Lord, I'm willing. I'm willing. I have a willing heart. Okay, well, go do that. Lord, I'm willing. I'm willing. Well, obey me then. I'm willing, Lord. So if you're willing and obedient, you're going to eat the good of the land. Hallelujah. So notice, what does that mean? That means I have a choice in the matter. A lot of people, when they, they hear something like that, they say, well, just whatever God wants. What does that mean? In their mind, when they say whatever God wants, that means I'm not going to do anything and don't ask me to do anything. Why? Because, you know, it's just the mysterious will of God. We don't understand why, how God works and his wonders and mysterious wonders to perform and all that nonsense. Am I in the right place today? <laughs> so God always sets a table before us, but we have to choose life. And all throughout the, the Bible, we see that God takes pleasure in taking nobodies and making them into a somebody. I love when, when the Bible talks about uh, one of the accounts. I don't believe it's Mark's um, account, but one of the other accounts. I think it's Luke when he's talking about the woman with the issue of blood. The, she came in, came in the press behind, touched the hem of his garment. For she said, if I may touch with the hem of his garment, I shall be made whole. Jesus turned about knowing the virtue had gone out of him and said, who touched me? The disciples saying, Lord, you know, you see all these people thronging you. Jesus said, somebody touched me. Luke brings that out. Somebody touched me. So a nobody becomes a somebody when you touch the hem of his garment. Hallelujah. And so a lot of times it's, it's people that the world will look over. You, maybe you weren't chosen in the world, but God chooses you. Well, see, one day the world's going to recognize, though, that, that you have favor with the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Amen. The Bible says, them that honor me, I will honor. Them that honor me, I, we're talking about God, the creator of heaven and earth. He says, those that honor me, I will honor. But those that don't honor me will be lightly esteemed of me. What does that mean? If you don't honor God, God's not too interested in advancing you either. That's kind of the brass tacks of it right there. But, but if you honor him, he said that I'm going to honor you. How does he honor us? He honors us with his presence. He honors us by us being protected when others are not. He honors us by healing us when others perish. Those that honor me, I'm going to honor. I believe that this year, the Bible says that in 1 Timothy, talks about those receiving double honor, especially those that labor in the word and in doctrine. <coughs> you know, if you're out doing the works of the, of the ministry and the works of Jesus, I believe you're going to receive double honor this year. Who could use a little bit of double this year? I'm not talking about double trouble, but double for your trouble. Amen. Hallelujah. So everyone in life can be chosen of God. You know, a lot of people, I know especially if you're, whoever played sports and you were just maybe, maybe it was just a pickup game, you, you know, like you playing in the neighborhood and there'd always be two captains, you know, 
this one was good and this one's good. And they'd always say, well, if I get to be captain, I'm choosing so-and-so, so-and-so, and so-and-so. And there'd always be one or two kids left out. And they'd be chosen by default. Okay, you take this one, you take that one. Well, they still got to play, but it was like just by default they were on the team. And a lot of times people feel like that in life. But that's not the way it is with the Lord. The Lord doesn't say, well, you know, I died for you, and so I'm going to have to use you because you're the last one here standing, so we don't want you to be embarrassed and sit on the bench. Come on in. That's not the way the Lord is. And see, people try to do that to you, but when you know that God, see, that's, that's how you lift up your head. When you know that God loves you, you know that greater is he that is within me than he that is in the world. People can do all their nonsense, and it doesn't even bother you. Why? Because I'm favored of the king. I'm God's child. I'm loved of the, of the, of the, the, greater, the greater one. The greater one lives within me. Hallelujah. So those that choose to follow and obey him and honor him will be chosen of the Lord. Those that follow him, obey him, and honor him. And I want you to understand this in the Bible. God loves every person, but there is a difference between the people of God and the world. There is a huge difference between the world and the people of God. <laughs> we see in the Bible where, 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 where God would, almost like a canopy over his people. You see the time where they go, it was like they went up to the land and the border of Goshen. It was just like a totally different thing, a totally different situation. We talk about living in the secret place. Let me tell you, that's not just some fairy tale. I live in the secret place of the Most High God, and I shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will save the Lord. He's my refuge and my fortress, my God, and Him will I trust. Surely he shall deliver me from the snare of the fowler and from the noise and pestilence. He shall cover me with his feathers. Under his wings shall I trust. His truth shall be my shield and buckler. I will not be afraid of the terror by night or the error that flies by day. Why? Because I'm living in the secret place. I don't have one foot in and one foot out. I'm not, you know, straddling. Who's ever, as a kid, you straddled the fence? What happens when you fall? That's a good, nice explanation. It hurts. Well, that's what happens when you try to live in the world and live in God's kingdom. <laughs> so we're chosen of God today. Why? To display his glory. The Bible says, let your light shine. You know, the Bible says in, in um, Corinthians, 2 Corinthians that we are epistles of Christ. It's been said that you are the only Jesus some people will see. So what are people reading from your life? And you may say, you know what? I don't want people to read my life. Well, they're going to read it anyway. They're going to read your life. So what do you do? You fill it up. You fill it up with good things. So when people read from you, they'll say, man, I want what they have. I love what, look over in John chapter 15. Jesus, the head of the church, 
John 15, verse 16. He says, you have not chosen me. You know, a lot of people say, well, you know, when I found the Lord, the Lord wasn't lost. You were. Well, I found the Lord, you know, he like, well, the Lord was lost. I had to call his name and find him. No, the Lord found you. <laughs> he found me. I was the one lost. I was the one in sin. I was the one that was depressed. I was the one mean as a junkyard dog. Look what he says in um, that verse. You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you. So God is saying that to you personally today. Maybe you came here saying, I need a word from God. Okay, here it is. I have chosen you, Jesus says, and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain. That whatsoever you shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it you. So God's chosen us and ordained us that we should go and bring forth fruit. What does that mean? That means that I look different. I know we're picking on John today, but he looks different today than he did three months ago. <laughs> and so, what does God do? He chooses us and doesn't leave us the same. He doesn't leave us in the same puddle of mess that we were in. Amen. Sometimes... Sometimes you may look and think, oh, man, things are not happening. But you look over the course of five years, ten years in your life, and you say, oh, boy. I mean, I, I look back in the last year or two years. I'm not the same person I, uh, that I was. Amen. Why? Because he's ordained that I bring forth fruit. And that my fruit, not that it's just going to last for like six weeks, but it's going to remain even unto eternity. We could say it. That what service you'll ask of the Father in my name, he may give it you. Hallelujah. So Jesus has chosen us. I'm chosen today. I'm peculiar. Amen. I knew that pastor was different. He's, yeah, we're peculiar people. And you are too. <laughs> Listen to the testimony here in Acts chapter 9, talking about Saul who became Paul. In verse 13, Then Ananias answered, Lord, I've heard by many of this man how much evil he's done to thy saints at Jerusalem. And here he hath authority from the chief priest to bind all that call on thy name. And the Lord said unto him, Go your way, for he's a chosen vessel Unto me. Say what? <laughs> here, here, here's the man that persecuted the church. He even received letters from the religious hierarchy to go and arrest Christians. But Jesus says, no, I don't care what you've heard about him. You go your way. Do as I've, I've told you. For he's a chosen vessel unto me. To bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel, for I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. Some people hear that, they think, oh, Lord, I don't know if I want to be part of that. 
But the Bible says he was chosen. He was a chosen vessel to bear his name. You can tell the people that God has chosen. There's a mark upon them. There's a stamp upon them. You know, it's just like you, you see on the on meat, and it's got that stamp. Or if you see like a, like a cow. I mean, a lot of them have the, the ear tags and stuff, but you see some of them, they got the brand. What does that mean? They're branded. You know which, which one belongs to, to that, that rancher. Well, there's something on the inside of me, and the devil sees it too. And see, that's what, what is the devil scared of in life? He's scared of the anointing. Why did he come after Jesus? Why did he, why did he not bother him? Uh, we see that he, he fasted. He was tempted of the devil. But we see when, when he come up out of the water, the Holy Spirit came upon him, and God said, this is my beloved son. Oh, now, now he, he's anointed. The Holy Spirit came upon him. You know, it's one thing if, if you just have a little, you know, if you're just religious and you just, you know, have a hallelujah or two here or there, you know, the devil's not scared of that. But when you have power, when you have power, it's the anointing. It's the anointing. You know, you see it even in other countries, especially in Africa, you'll see when people get baptized. It's one thing if they get saved, but when they get baptized, people come after them. People come after them. People have died at the baptismal. Who wants to sign up for the next baptismal? Amen. You're not going to die except the flesh. Just the flesh is going to die. But, but why is that? Because it's a breaking away of the old man. It's a breaking away. There's a freedom in the spirit. It's the anointing of the Holy Ghost released upon their life. <clears throat> Look over in... Um, uh, Revelation, just a couple more. I know some of you are holding on for dear life. <laughs> Revelation chapter 17. Say, I'm chosen. See, what, what makes a difference when I say that? It means that I, I carry myself differently. When people try to shame you, you don't receive their shame because I'm chosen. Look in um, Revelation 17. Now, the Bible says in verse 13, these have one mind and shall give their power and strength unto the beast. These shall make war with the lamb. Bad idea. The lamb shall overcome them, for he is Lord of lords and King of kings, and they that are with him, see, that's us. They that are with him are called and chosen and faithful. So that's, that's talking about the church. We're, we're going to be with the Lord we're going to be the ones that are called, chosen, and faithful. I want you to just reaffirm this. Just say this. I am called. I am chosen. 
and I am faithful. Hallelujah. So that's who we are. We're chosen of God, but we're notice the faithfulness that's tied with it. So why do some people in life seem to be used more than others? Is it because God loves them more? Is it because God plays favorites? It's because many times they chose to be faithful. Hallelujah. The Bible says in Ephesians 1.4 that we have been chosen in him before the foundation of the world. So God, when God thinks of you, he thinks good plans, and he's been thinking about you for a long time, from before the foundation of the world. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put the, uh, the cherry on top, Malachi 3, verse 17. Go to 16. Then they that feared the Lord. So go back to Matthew and go back one book. The, the last book of the Old Testament. As the Italians say, Malachi. But Malachi chapter 3. Hey, the Bible talked about Cornelius being a part of the Italian band. So, hey, you never know. Maybe they call him Malachi. Malachi 3, verse 16. Then they that feared the Lord spake often one to another, and the Lord hearkened and heard it. And a book of remembrance was written before him for them that feared the Lord and that thought upon his name. Yeah, I, I believe the same thing is happening today. The books are being written about us. For us, when we fear the Lord and when we talk about him and his things. And they shall be mine. Who's got their shouting clothes on? <laughs> they shall be mine, saith the Lord host, in that day when I make up my jewels. The Bible says special treasure. And I will spare them as a man spares his own son that serves him. Then shall you return and discern between the righteous and the wicked, between him that serves God and him that serves not. Remember I said there's a difference between the people of God and the world. Hallelujah. So they shall be mine, saith the Lord, in that day when I make up my jewels, my special treasures. I will spare them as a man spares his own son that serves him. You know, the Bible even says that God's got a special stone with a name in it that only he knows. I don't know what my name's going to be. But God's got a new name. That's how interested he is in you. That's how much he cares about you. That's how much he cares about every detail of your life. And so I believe that the time is short. You know, especially as you see, I mean, I've seen so many people just in the last couple months, people that have been in ministry for many years and uh, different ones and even one that I'd found out about yesterday that have gone on to be with the Lord. And it makes you realize the brevity of life and how short life is. That we don't want to waste any time. I mean, just think about it this way. When I think about it right now, when I think back 20 years ago, I was 27. So you think, oh, you're in your late 20s. 20 years from now, I'll be almost 70. Well, it makes you think a little bit, doesn't it? So what, what am I doing for the Lord right now? 
What am I doing for his kingdom? And the time is short. So what do we, we have to purpose to follow him every day of our life. We, and, and this is what keeps us going. I am part of the eternal kingdom of God. <clears throat> Who's ever heard of Charles Finney? Charles Finney, great man of prayer, revivalist. They say that he had more people that stayed true since the Apostle Paul. Anybody in church history that stayed true to God, that 80% of his converts stayed true to God. A lot of the other revivals, they said 50% at best. What does that mean? That means people come to an altar, but then they never stay with the Lord. They never come back. That's why people need to be in church, so they can be nourished and, and nurtured in the things of God. Well, Charles Finney, he had a man that, that uh, they called Father Nash that, that actually, I don't know if he was a priest, but he, they called him Father Nash. And... Um, Anyway, he, uh, he would go before and pray for these meetings and these revival meetings. He would pray actually for days and just pray and, and even with groanings and uh, just, just pray for lost souls. But there was a, a two brothers called the Tappan brothers. Now, a lot of people, know, they don't know about the Tappan brothers, but they know about Charles Finney. But the Tappan brothers had a, a printing company, and they paid for every one and underwrote every crusade of Charles Finney. Don't you think they were rejoicing right now? Why? How many would think all the souls that Charles Finney, that, that Charles Finney got great reward in heaven? Well, you know who got just the same reward as he got? Two brothers called the Tappan brothers. Why? Because they made a decision that said, you know what? If I can't go and preach, I'm going to help him go and preach. And I'm part of the eternal plan of God. And I'm going to be a faithful partner with him in the, in the work of God. Amen. I know I can't go to certain countries, but I can sure help fund somebody to go. And you know what God says? Okay, I, I put that to your account that you went because you went and helped. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. So what does that mean? That means that even if I'm in Podunk Hollow, that's some good Southern talk, Podunk Hollow, even if you're, <laughs> come on, Matt, I know you don't know. If you're, if, if you're in just a, you think, oh man, I'm just in this little small town. You can have a worldwide vision. You can have an eternal vision. That my vision is not just here. It's not just in Dickinson, but it's on eternal things. It's in heaven. It's, it's the, all around the world, a world vision. And that's what we want in this church is a world vision. Amen. A world vision, not just me and my family, you know, me and my wife, us four, no more. Amen. So what am I saying? We, we have a part of the eternal plan of God. Don't take it for granted. And we should count it as a privilege to do anything. I look at different faces in here and I see how even in the last year how God is blessed and God is transformed. And I'll pick on Rama for a second, but I just see the smile on his face and where God's brought him. I mean, he's happy to do, he would be happy to do anything for the Lord. Lord, I'll just take out the trash for you. I'll just do anything. Lord, I'll just open the door for somebody. You know what? He's got the and I said this the other day, and almost, or yesterday, and I'm going to say it real quick again. 
<clears throat> who likes hockey? Yeah. Uh, so I was, I was just, um, I had just heard um, our pastor saying this, or actually it was um, one of the associate pastors said this. Um, down there in Tampa, they have um, the Tampa Bay Lightning. And I'm not a hockey fan. I don't really understand hockey that much. It's hard to see the puck is so fast, you know. And so, <laughs> but anyway, they, they went to the game, and one of the guys that was serving beverages throughout the uh, concessions and, and walking through the crowd, popcorn, popcorn, you know. And so he's, he's going, I see some of you never been to a game, sorry. He says, pop, you know, and he's doing that. And they look, and he's got this big ring on his finger. He said, what is that? He said, that's a Stanley Cup ring. He said, what? He said, yeah. It's not only the players get the ring. All the people in the, in the, um, in the organization, all the people that help, all the people that serve concessions, they get a ring just as well. You might think you're a nobody. You, you might think, you know what? I'm just over here helping. I'm doing that. You know, you're getting a ring just like all the rest of us. Amen. God doesn't look at positions. See, we're not in, God's not called us to places, uh, in, when we serve in the kingdom, it's not places of prestige, but positions of service. So what God rewards is faithfulness. He doesn't reward offices. Well, you know, if I was just a prophet, if I could stand in the office of the prophet, then I would really be, you probably wouldn't want it. You probably wouldn't want it. Well, I want to be the apostle over, in, over every, you know, apostle so-and-so. No, you don't. You want to be faithful right where God's called you. Amen. Amen. And, and any reward, though, that you have on earth, that you, anything that reward that you receive from the Lord, it will never be lost for eternity. Amen. You know why? Maybe moth and rust can corrupt things down here. Things can, can, things can get discolored and, and, and rot. But let me tell you something right now. Eternity, eternity you, the things that you receive from the Lord, even your walk with the Lord, you'll never lose any of it. It'll just be built upon for eternity. Amen. Hallelujah. And, and I'm chosen today by the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You know why? Because one day he's going to call your name. And what you want to hear him say is, Sharon, you've been faithful over a few things. I'm going to make you ruler over many. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. You know what? That's the only thing I care about hearing. That's the only thing I care about hearing. Not that, Pastor Will, that was a good message. You did good. Um, Notice the Lord's not going to say, well done, good and successful person. Well, well done, successful man of God. He's going to say, faithful. Faithful. So that means you do, you do what you know to do every day, and you just be faithful. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. Father, we love you today, and we bless you today. Lord, we worship and honor the name of Jesus. We give you glory.